welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 60. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all of the socials at flores.run. Uh, we have a treat for you today. We have another special guest. Uh, she's she's super motivating. If you, you need to follow her on socials, and we'll get into that later, of you know, she'll make you, she'll make you get outside and run. Like you'd be like, what are you doing? You need to get outside and get some shit done. But Kelly is a certified RRCA running coach offering coaching through her company, Stretch Run Coaching. She's been running for over 20 years and actually has similar goals uh, as me to run all 50 states and the world major marathons. Kelly, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun little conversation. Uh, Before we get into anything, how about you let the listeners know maybe just a little deeper, a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I mean, as you said, I, um, I'm a big runner <laughs> and, uh, I started my first marathon. I was back in 2001. I was a uh, senior in college when I ran my first marathon and I didn't really know where it would take me. And, um, I did fairly well in the first one. I, you know, senior in college, don't really know what you're doing and, um, found that I love the marathon. It's my favorite distance out of all the races that I've run and ran a couple outside of Illinois and um, qualified for Boston in one of those. So went and ran Boston and all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had three or four states underneath my belt. And I'm like, hey, maybe I should look at running, <laughs> traveling, you know, going to see. So that's where the 50 state journey started. My husband is not a marathoner, but he loves to travel. So it became something that the two of us did together. He is the best Sherpa, <laughs> the best race husband there ever was. And um, that's how the 50 states journey started. And then a little Past that, we started the um, world majors goal. So that one, I ran Berlin in 2019. So that was my first international race. And then I became a running coach in, I think I started my business in 2018. So I've been doing it for a little over two and a half years now. Um, Cause I'm clearly passionate about running and decided maybe we could do something with this and help share this passion with others. So for sure. It's, I think it's one of those things where I have such adoration for coaches and that sort of thing because I knew growing up playing like baseball and stuff like that like I loved baseball and I could coach it very well because I knew it through and through and mm-hmm, sometimes people mm-hmm. don't think with with running and that sort of thing that you don't some people don't think about coaching in that same aspect you're like no you just go out and run you're like no but there's a lot of right. there's a lot of stupid things you can do that can hurt right. you not not just physically but mentally and you know how do you kind of keep pushing through when things don't um kind of go your way. You know, the coach kind of helps you get back on track. For sure. Absolutely. Well, and I think for me too, like I, I know some people grow up, not grow up, but like there are communities that running coaches are prevalent and people know about coaches. And then there's somewhere it's just your runner. And that's how I was. I never, I don't, my family is not a history of runners. Like I, this lady I babysat for in college was a marathoner and that's how I first got into it. Um, I was not a runner. I was a basketball and volleyball player hmm. and running was punishment. Right. And so <laughs> the fact that I am where I'm at now is kind of like, I would have never predicted this for my life, but I didn't, I mean, I, like I said, I've only been a coach for two and a half years, but I have so much history of running that I think being able to bring that before even the coaching aspect and just the passion of running itself is, um, is huge because I think I just have a lot of experience in the running form before even introducing into the coaching world. And so I can, I can use that now into what I've learned from coaching and apply both aspects to it. Yeah. You kind of, you, you learned, you learned through experience of what you did Mm -hmm. and then being, being, 
doing it for so long and seeing other people and how they've succeeded, what's helped them, you can kind of formulate a, all right, general population wise, these are helpful things for everyone. And then obviously tailor things based off of the individual client and person, stuff like that. I think that's super helpful. You said that the, the marathon is your favorite distance. Why, why do you say that? Oh, it's such a good question. I was just talking with someone about this yesterday. I think for me, the marathon takes it to a different level. Um, I think it pushes your body just, just over the edge of the point of being comfortable that you don't quite get in other races and the mental strength that it takes to complete marathons in addition to the physical strength, I think is just, um, it, it's a almost a sickness <laughs> that us runners have that it's like, yes, let's push us to this level of insanity and let's do it again and sign up to pay to do it. Okay. Right. So I, I just, I love the euphoria that comes with it and just um, everything about it. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, was, that was, that was just more of a personal like ask. Cause every time, everyone has their own reasons for running and kind of why they continue to, to tow a starting line when we have starting mm-hmm. lines. And it's just always interesting yeah, to see like with, yeah, <laughs> with the distances that people like to run. Cause I have a, a buddy that, um, has, you know, his goal was to, to qualify for Boston and then actually get into Boston. He qualified like three or four times, but just barely. So he missed that time cutoff. Um, and then he finally ran Boston and he's thought about now he's like, well, maybe I'll go into triathlons or he's like, I actually probably prefer the half marathon distance because yeah, I can, uh-huh. the training cycle sorter and I can do this. So it's always interesting to me just to hear other people's, uh, mindsets and how they, how they choose those distances. But, um, Today, we're going to talk a little bit about consistency, and it kind of goes into this idea of you know running multiple races and kind of being motivated to go through and obviously the coaching aspect of it. So how like this is a very broad, high level question just to start the conversation is how would you kind of define what are the best like tips or the best things that we can do to make sure that we're consistent in our training, because we'll, we'll be talking specifically about running here, but how do we stay consistent in our running and training? Well, I think, you know, the past year has been a challenge for everybody to stay consistent because it's easier, I guess, to be consistent when you know you have a race coming up for, so you can have a plan and you can have a focus and you have something set out and a, and a goal at the end that you know is there and then enter 2020 and that all went out the window. And so being able to find consistency through the last year has definitely in a different ball game, I guess. Um, but I would say having accountability, whether it's through friends, whether it's through a coach, whether it's, um, through a journal that a personal accountability that you write down, but something that's going to hold you accountable to getting out the door and getting yourself up and, and doing it. And, um, I mean, that's my, that's my number one thing is I think that accountability piece, whatever form works for you is, is the hugest piece of it. Um, I think setting an alarm, making sure that you don't just let the day go by. Cause uh, I mean, I'm a morning worker outer. Um, I will do it in other times, but it's not my preference. I don't love the alarm though. People <laughs> like when I first met you, you were running at like 3 AM, 20 miles, you know, and then COVID's happened and I don't have to, right. my husband's not going into work. My kids have gotten older. I don't actually have to wake up early to run. And yet I still do. Although if I'm solo, I don't do it as much. If I'm yeah. meeting someone, I'm out the door, but if it's my choice, I'm like, well, I'll choose a little couple extra hours of sleep if I can, you know? Yeah. It's, I love that at that aspect of the same kind of thing is I used to run, I wake up at five, 5 AM, seven days a week because that's when our dog eats so we kind of trained our dog to eat this way so it's like hey this works out well i'll just get up right but now like working from home i'm like well 
I don't have to be into the office until nine, but I don't have my 45 minute bus commute anymore. So I'm yeah. like, well, like, I guess I can, and, and it's not even sleep in, man, it just got dark. I didn't even open those blinds. Uh, it's not that I slept in, it's I would then just like get on my computer or do other things. It's like, no, right. get out the door. I had that, I literally this morning with my wife, I was like, I needed to get eight miles in, but I'm like, all right, do I wait until you leave? So, cause I like starting her car since it's, you know, freezing here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I say freezing, but it's like 30, 38 right now. And it's true. I think we're, we're turning gorgeous. the corner. It's, it's spring is coming. <laughs> oh, take that groundhog. Um, but the idea of like, so I want to start a car and I was like, okay, do I, do I run now and just get it over with you out the door at like five forty-five, or do I wait until seven fifteen? And it was just like, no, you lazy, just yeah. get out now because Go. okay. you're going to, if you're going to hold it off, things are going to get stiff and then, then yeah. something's going to come up and I'm on call at work this week. So it's like, you're going to get a text message and something's yeah. going to happen. And then, then it, then it ruins everything. Your run's not as good because right. your mind's not clear and focused. Um, and I had, I had an amazing run just trying to dodge ice here and there still, but it was, still, it was a great run. And then afterwards you kind of realize like, okay, that's why I did it. That makes sense. Well, and you never regret it. No. I mean, you might regret the alarm or you might regret getting out the door, but you never regret it when it's over. So it's always worth it. Yeah. There's some, it's a, a good little, a good feeling. Um, once you get back into that, uh, once you get back home or whatever <clears throat> to kind of feel that like release and it's like, Hey, now I can start my yeah. day. And it's like, yes. people look at me like when I when in the morning, they're just like, why are you so awake already? Like you don't drink <laughs> coffee, you miles. don't do this. And I was like, no, cause I ran eight miles and it was a good pace and I felt great about it. And I'm yes. like, let's go. Like, you know, I'm, I might yeah. do a lunch workout yeah. too. Let's, let's make it a thing, you know? But I think your, your point of the accountability is so, so important of being consistent. And I, I tell people all the time, like I share things on social media about events I'm doing or stupid things that I'm planning, not to like brag or anything like that of, Hey, look what I'm doing, but it's so I can make sure I'm held accountable to other people yeah. of like, Hey, yeah. I just told 500 people that I'm doing this. Right. And it's like, I don't want my foot in my mouth when I don't succeed or I don't even attempt yeah. whatever it is. It's like, no, I, I, I'm, you know, take a screenshot and put it on the story of like 5 a.m. alarm. And it's like, but if I don't get out of bed at 5 a.m., yeah. I'm making myself know. a liar. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. I do. I, I think social media, um, whatever pros and cons you have with it, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a community that you find that helps motivate you and inspire you and also hold you accountable to like what you're doing. And however you tend, my Instagram feed has, I mean, it has variety, but it's majority running. And then I throw in some family and other things that I do. But knowing like for the most part every day, there's going to be some type of workout post that's thrown up there of, hey, this is, and to your point, not to brag about myself, but more just to, hey, let's all hold each other accountable and let's do this thing and let's encourage each other along the way, you know? Yeah, so. especially in times like now where, you know, for the yeah. longest time we weren't able to run, have these longer group runs with other people because it's okay. like people, you know, whatever their circumstances is, weren't able to go out. Do you do these group runs? You know, running stores weren't hosting these things like they used to. Right. So yeah, you, you can't mm -hmm. have these kinds of community runs. So being able to use social media to have that, that, um, community, like you said, of no, someone knows that I'm out doing this. And if I don't see the post, right. I'm going to text them and be like, Hey, everything. Okay. Why didn't you do your run today? Kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. And I think you find, yeah. I mean, I find people that I've met that I've never met in person and I've developed this relationship with and this friendship with via social media is pretty amazing. And 
I start to follow people. And if you're not consistently showing up there too, like you're going to go off the radar from people. Cause again, you haven't really met them. You don't know them. And it's like, okay, after a couple, like no posts, I'll move on to someone else, you know? So it's that, that community, wherever you're finding it. And right nowadays, it's a lot via social media is, is huge and important. And I mean, you mentioned Annie, cause that's where we first got connected. Annie and I live very close to each other, but we first connected via Instagram. She was training for her first marathon and I was following her. I didn't even realize she was in my town. (laughs) And I had messaged her to be like, Hey, good luck in Chicago. And then we started talking and I mean, funny story, but her, her brother was my husband's roommate in college. No way. I had (laughs) no idea. And I was telling my husband about this girl that I met on Instagram. And he was like, oh yeah, I know her. Like that's my, that's, you know, so-and-so's brother, like my roommate's brother. I'm like, what? Are you serious? So it's crazy what social media does and then transfer it over to real life, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you become one of my closest friends, so. Exactly. And it's one of those things where like, I look at like her post and your posts and stuff like that. And it's straight motivation for me. It's like when I see you guys post a picture when it's, you know, below zero and you're still out getting the the frosted tips, if you will, and the hair and everything. It's like, it's like, no, that gives me like the push. Like I already wasn't going to be the stupid one that was also going to do it. But to me, it's like seeing, it's like, you know, we're in this together. It's my last uh, run on Saturday with my buddy, Chad, we were it was, it wasn't that cold. It was only like 16 or 17, which I'm sure people listening to it, they're just like, they're like, what are you talking about? 16, 17. Compared to the single and negative digits, that is a heat wave. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to break out the shorts. It's going to be a thing. But we were, it was like, we ran a new part of town because we were like, Hey, we're doing the same thing, especially with the way, like you have certain routes that you can just do because you know, the roads are going to be clear and it's going to be safe to do. And because we had gotten the sun for a little while, we knew that okay, there's going to be certain areas that are going to be open. We're like, hey, let's do something new. Let's, we need something fresh to kind of break up the monotony. And we ran through a, a town that we haven't run in probably in a couple of years. And just seeing everyone out there with us, like just as cold and just as yeah. like, I don't- You knew you I don't, weren't alone. Yeah, and you're just like, this is exactly what I need. And mm-hmm. that's what I feel like when I'm scrolling through my social mm-hmm. feed is I've found myself in the last probably like six months- removing people that I followed just to follow and only like following people that kind of motivate me to kind of push to that next level. Yeah, it is cool. And like I said, you get to know people and you get to expect posts from them and okay, what'd they do today? Where, Where are we at? What are they looking at? You know? So yeah, you hope that you can do a little bit of that too. I think not only for the accountability, but to help inspire and motivate too, because we're all in this together and we're all trying to figure out how to be resilient in this COVID, you know, (laughs) mess that we're in and this continually wanting to sign up for races or find something and then be knocked down and like, okay, that one's canceled. What's up next? How do I keep training? How do I keep doing this? You know? So it helps to find the encouragement and support through community. Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next point I was thinking of is how, how have you handled kind of this bounce back of, well, let's, let's take one step back. How many races were you supposed to do last year that you weren't able to do? I can't even, I can't even tell you. Um, I think I have probably six or seven marathons, maybe more that have been deferred. I've lost deferral code. I don't even know where it's at. Like where in my email is what race that I've deferred for, for what time? I don't even know (laughs) a lot. I'm in the exact same boat, but it's, and the reason I said is, how do you like when those things happen? Cause we have these like ups and downs where we're just like, I'm training for yeah. this. I, you know, I, you know, I had a couple, I wanted to PR my marathon last year. I was going to, yeah. uh, I got a, a charity opportunity to run Boston and I was just like, you know what? I'm 
because I know I'm not fast enough yet to actually get into Boston this way, I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to train my hardest and Boston is going to be my PR. Like, I'm not just going to show up there and run a six hour as a charity. Like I want to, I want to earn it and be I like, no, it. like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this hard. Yes. I trained my ass off to do this. And then Boston gets moved yeah. to the fall and then canceled. Yeah. And then I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And and so like my whole goal last year was to to get a PR and that didn't happen. And, and the um, constant conversation in my head is how do I be consistent in my training when you keep having these like letdowns? So like, how did you get through that of races getting canceled after canceled, but still saying, you know what, I'm still going to push through because of whatever's next. Well, to your point, I think I went through seasons. I ebbed and flowed my way through last year and still am this year. Um, you know, with the first cancellation, that was April. Um, I had a downhill race I was training for. I'd never run a downhill race. I was nervous, but hoping maybe a PR would come out of that one. And um, that was the first one. And then once you realize this was a thing, I think I took a step back from signing up for races last year. Um, in the spring, I held off my fall calendar to kind of wait out and see what happened. I tried new things. So I think um, I took a, I took the put the brakes on training for marathon and trying to set a PR in that because that is sure discouraging when yeah. you train as hard as you can. And then you're like, for what, what do I have to show for this? You know, I don't mind putting in the hard work and the time, but if I can't have it result to, to move forward, like that's, that's hard. You know, the grind is tough when you don't know if there's going to be a race to, to pay for it. So, you know, I did, um, I did a few new things in my running career that I'd never done last year, which was kind of cool to mix things up. I did a run streak because I didn't have a marathon I was training for that I then had to recover from. So I, what ended my run streak, I did find a race last August in Utah downhill race that crushed me. Um, and that was my, that was the end of my run streak that, that marathon ended it. Cause I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> I'm like, well, 200 some days of run streak and it's over because I literally feel like a first time marathoner um, (laughs) after that race. So um, I did that. I did run streak. I did the Yeti challenge um, where I ran four, four mile, four miles, four hours for 24 hours, five miles, something like that. Something like that. That was crazy intense and awesome. Like I would have never done something like that. I ended up doing a virtual Ragnar race last year, which I did not know what to expect with that because, you know, most, I never done a Ragnar that's on my bucket list. Um, and this was a virtual one. And so you, we had a team together and we were waiting, we had a group and we had a text message like that we're on and off. And you predicted when that person would be done running, but you didn't really know because we're all in different States and running a distance and we were assigned a distance. And then the, the anticipation and the the anxiety that was like, okay, are they coming? coming? And then you bust out of the gate by yourself on a like street outside of your neighborhood (laughs) and go flying down. And like, it was amazing though. It was like, so fun. And we were competing with like 12 other teams and we were competing against a guy team. We were a team of all girls and we were neck and neck with this guy team. We ended up getting second. We didn't beat him, but there was like some intense, like it was felt like a race. Yeah, And I was like, that sounds so super it was, cool. It was amazing. And finding like to be able to get that race experience without having a race on the line was for me, that's kind of what helped me through the beginnings of the pandemic last year of like, the fix that you need sometimes of a race and a goal. And that was it. And then, you know, as things started dust settled a little bit, you were able to find races were happening 
but I think you couldn't count on him. And so that was the hard part. It's like, well, I might be able to do this race, but I don't know if it's actually going to go Or I think around this month period, I might be able to find a marathon, but training was hard for that because you didn't, you again, didn't have an end date for sure. This is going to happen. So my downhill marathon, I signed up two weeks before without even a 20 on my legs. Now I run all the time. So I'm like, I'll be fine. I was not fine. I mean, I did. Okay. But I, it was hard, <laughs> but I got a new state and I got a new experience. So that was the goal that time that would, the goal was getting a race in a new state, not a time. Yeah. So you change, you shift your goals, but you still have goals. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that, that you right there, you ended it well, is that you shift your goals and kind of what your mindset is going to be and what the purpose mm -hmm. is going to be. There has been so many races where I've had that, where it's just like, you know what, this, there's a race this weekend in a state I haven't done and it'd be pretty cool to travel there. Let's do whatever. Like, let's just do it. You know, I'm yeah. definitely not ready for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I talked about on a recent episode that I called it overconfident. I just did a, a race down in Louisiana and I, it was a 39 miler, the longest run I hadn't, I hadn't run that long in about two and a half years. Wow. The longest run in my training was 18 miles that I did <laughs> once. I was like, I don't know what in me was just like, peace, I can't. You, you, you can do this. You've done this multiple times. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Like what's the big <laughs> deal? Like, okay, it's in Louisiana. It's probably flat, not flat. You know, it rained <laughs> the entire time. So it was just mud. It was a trail race, just nothing but mud everywhere. And you're just like, yeah, this is, and it was so funny. Like you get to a point where you just laugh and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to have a good time. This is going to yes. be, we're going to have a good time out here and we're just going to call it what it is. Well, I think that's it, right? Like you just, yeah, you have a different goal and a different mindset in the end. And ultimately you're still doing something very cool. You're still, you know, running and running with purpose to some extent, but a different purpose, not the a fast purpose, but that's okay. Like not every race has to be a PR. <laughs> yeah. And so. it's, it's interesting you say that because you, you kind of get in that mentality or at least you can get caught up in that, especially in like social media or stuff. You see people are like, hey, these people are faster than me or they're going further than me and they're doing whatever. And it's like, but that's their goals. That doesn't have to be your goals and your motivation. If you want to get there, by all means, put in the work and get there because that's what people did to get to the point where they're at. But yes. you need to have your own goals because if you don't, if you're living somebody else's dream, you're never going to be satisfied with no matter how you do. Yes. I think um, for me as a running coach, when, when you take what my experience is and now apply it to running coaching, I think one of the biggest things that I have seen athletes struggle with, um, not even through COVID, just in general, is that idea of fast and mm. as quick as you can be. And, and for me, trying to get these athletes to see, yes, you have to go fast, but you have to actually go slow in order to go fast. And like those recovery days. And I mean, if you get into the science of the, how your muscles develop based on what workout you're doing. Like you actually do need to go slow <laughs> and you cannot make gains and go fast if you don't have those slow days. And so even for my postings that I do, cause I mean, yeah, I mean, you love going fast. You're like, Hey, look how fast I am. Look at what I did. Like that, that's cool to put out there, but actually like, let's, let's look at how slow I went today. And this was huge. And my legs were still tired and I went so much slower, you know? So I think helping athletes see, yeah, that, that piece of it. And like what works for them and what is the right recipe for their body, their training, their goals, and not to get caught up in this comparison game. Um, I mean, that's huge. Comparison is, is hard sometimes. Social media, sometimes people only put up a snippet. They don't show you the real, hey, the highs and lows of everything. And so 
you, you need to see it all. You need the full picture to really get an idea yeah. of what works. <clears throat> Not that we want to talk about any of this whole time, because I'm sure she'll absolutely love hearing her name 15 <laughs> times in this podcast. But she had posted something, I think the other day where she uh, like went out and then it was icy and she only got like a mile or something and then finished it on the treadmill. But like those kinds of things. And, and that's why I think I connect with her so well is it's just true and honest. Like, no, I went yeah. out here. This sucked. It did not feel good. I needed something else to do. And then after that, everything felt better. But to your point is a lot of people don't post or share those things. They only show the highlights. So Mm -hmm. then when people are looking to them, looking to them for motivation and only see like, Hey, they always have great days. Things are always great for them. Yeah, that's not reality. Right. That's (laughs) not for me. Like I'm not doing that. So I must be doing something wrong or Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not a runner. You know, you can't classify kind of thing. And we get into all these like head spaces where we don't yes. believe in ourselves. And then right. once, once you do that, that's a, that's a dangerous yeah, road. It's, it's Absolutely. Well, and to your point, even about being consistent, one of the things that when I was thinking about it is like, you need to make yourself a priority. And I think it's, it's hard sometimes, um, again, in these times, kids are home. Uh, there's so much going on that we're juggling as humans that we didn't have to juggle a year ago and, you know, not letting yourself get, get, lost in the mix and making sure that you're putting yourself out there as a priority too, which I think is sometimes you feel selfish doing it, or if you feel, you know, you, you just think that that's, you got to work on everyone else, but making yourself a priority is also a important piece. Yeah. I can imagine right now to like having a family, we don't have kids. So really I just have my 10 pound dog that I have to worry about. Um, which even then she can be a handful sometimes where (laughs) she's sleeping over there. Um, but I can imagine like having that feeling, not even a reality because it's not necessarily true. It's that feeling of, I don't have time for this because I have all of these other things. It's like, well, your responsibility is not really much change. You just kind of have to like shift how you're doing some things. It's making new adjustments to like a new plan. You know, when people first start training or running, you have to make adjustments in your schedule to even allow that. So you've already yeah. done it once. Like yeah. just take it big picture and not get so caught up on the individual details that you just give up because it can just be overwhelming. Yeah, it is. And I do, I mean, I like I said, not everybody has to work out in the morning, but I do think morning workout has its place because I think, Otherwise life can get in the way and we're throwing curveballs time and time again. And so figuring out how to work through that. But if you can get your workout and your running done in the morning, that won't get pushed to the side because it's real easy to let it go push to the side when it's you've got kids pulling on you and phone calls and you know, animals needing to go out and whatever it is, yeah. you know, <laughs> everything there. Cause it's so easy. And they, I mean, so many people talk about this, whether it's, exercising or fitness of sorts or journaling or reading or praying and meditating, whatever it is, like all of it is best done in the morning. I know. It's so true. Because it yeah. just helps start, it helps renew your mind in one way or another, however that kind of feeds you. But you're focused on that because once our brains start turning on, once you pick up that phone and start looking at things, the notifications never stop. They don't, they don't and, and it's stop. funny is, is a lot of it is self-induced. Like it took yeah. me a long time. I don't even think I have it here. I had a small phone. I switched from my iPhone and I just got tired of distractions and stuff. And I got a Palm phone. It was, it's the size of a business card, super tiny phone. And I used it for, 
used it for about a year until just the service itself wasn't great on it. So I had to get rid of it. But the idea was, is the only, my phone was used to text and call people. Like it had, mm-hmm. it had the full Android apps where I could download apps. I could do everything, but it, it was so small that you didn't want to, you didn't want to stare at like a tiny screen and right. scroll through things. And that like freeing helped me realize like, no, I don't need all of these distractions. So when I ended up having to get a new phone, like on my, my homepage, I have four apps at the very top. Those are the apps that I use all the time. So I have the four apps at the bottom, four apps at the top. That's it. That's it. I have wow. Almost only notification I have on is calendar and text messages. The rest mm-hmm. of the stuff, I'm like, it, it doesn't need to bother me. When I need it, right. I'll go find it. Right, right. And I think we can get so caught up with we're worried about what's going on and we need to make sure we stay in touch. But to your point, if you don't make yourself a priority, you need to be the first thing that has that, that attention. And if you're right. not the thing of attention, you can't help anyone else. You know, the uh, flight attendant thing, you know, you need to secure your mask before you get yeah. to help others. Oh, yeah, so true. Cause you can't help people when you're not helping yourself. Well, my husband has realized too, he's, he's just succumbed to my running. <laughs> I mean, it used to be, you know, are you running today? And now it's like, when are you running today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but he's how realized. How long are you running today? Oh, my daughter, every single night when I put her to bed, she's like, how, how long is your run tomorrow? When are you going? When are you leaving? When will you be back? I mean, that is part of our bedtime routine are those three questions. How long I'm running, when I'm leaving, and when I'm coming back. Like it's, it's just, they've accepted it. You know, mom's a runner, but they've also realized if I don't run, oh, I actually go, go run yes, please, mom. Please like, run mom. Yes. They, and my husband too, it's like, they realize it's, it's good for my mental sanity, not just my physical, but my mental. And it makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better person all around. When I have taken care of myself in that way, then I can devote to others and not, not be stressed out or yelling. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still do all those things, but I'm better. Right. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) you do it with a happier tone. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't work on the sarcasm and the sass unless you have the run. If not, it just comes off mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's so, so true. Great. So kind of, kind of switching gears, but not, I'm super, I'm always very interested in people um, that are on like the 50 state journey or the world majors and stuff like that, because it's a big commitment, not just physically, but there's a ton of time involved. There's a ton of yeah. money involved. It's that like races are not cheap and neither is traveling and hotels and Airbnbs and flights and yeah. the whole whole kit and caboodle. So I'm going to ask the question that I hate people when they ask me, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Right, bring it. What was your favorite race so far? Oh, um, I talked about this yesterday too. Uh, so I've had time. I was prepped. I didn't oh, even know nice. I was being prepped. I was. Um, I My favorite marathon, and I've run, uh, I wrote it down because I want to make sure I got it right. I've run 48 marathons and I've done 36 states. And my favorite is New York. So I am, I have found, I am a big city, big crowd racer. I, okay. I, I love the vibe of, the crowds, uh, the energy, it boosts me, it keeps me going. And, um, New York was absolutely incredible. So I would like to do it again to see if I feel the same about it as I did the first time. I think I tried three or four years to get into New York before it happened. And so there was some anticipation that had been built up for it as well. And so I'd love to have another chance to see if I still would say that answer again. Um, you know, but that, that's my, that's my favorite. Um, I ran Berlin, last year, 20, 2019. And that was my first international one. And that one was pretty incredible just because of that fact alone. Yeah. Um, and like I said, at the beginning, my husband is a huge, huge traveler. Um, and so 
he, again, while there are places that we've gone, maybe that he wouldn't have chosen to travel to for my purpose of running, um, he has embraced it and appreciated um, what we can learn. Because I think that there's a lot of culture and a lot of different things that you learn by seeing different areas of the country. And I get to witness it by running. He gets to witness it by, I'll never forget when we went to DC and I ran that race he, he went through the monuments and like took pictures and all that while I was running. And like, after the fact, we would talk about, it and I'm like, well, you did what? Like he saw so many things that I didn't get to see <laughs> because he was waiting for me, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's so funny. It's so true. Cause Kayla, my wife, I do the same thing where she's like, she'll see different areas and certain areas like, and I always pick on it and I apologize for anyone from the city, but like Birmingham, Alabama or Jackson, Mississippi, like there's no reason for me to ever go back there, but it was pretty cool to run through it right. a little bit, you know? Yes. Well, um, and what a, what a cool way to say that you're going to visit all 50 States yeah. by running a marathon through it. You know, I mean, I've had the question of, does every state have a marathon? Like, you know, people are like, oh, really? You can find a marathon in every state? I'm like, I can. Yeah. But I do spend a lot of time. I mean, it's become a full-time job. I spend <laughs> a lot of time researching the states and researching the races. Cause if I'm only going to do one, I want to do the best one in that state. Yeah. And I've had to embrace the smaller, not as populated races too. So it's, it's pulled me out of my comfort zone and what I would choose to do. Cause you know, my husband's always like, well, what are you going to do once you're done with this journey and you're going to stop running? I'm like, well, of course I'm not going to stop running obviously, yeah. but you know, I can, I can focus on some of the ones that were fun, try New York again, or try and go do a different. Cause I do like, I do just love that. I love the big ones, but the, the small ones, they're fun. They have a different vibe They're I mean, they're, they're really cool. I have really learned to embrace the smaller races. It just wouldn't be what my first preference was probably, yeah. but I'll I'm forget. It was a uh, Vir Virginia maybe race that, you know, I mean, there's like 50 people at the start and we're praying and singing an anthem and then the race starts and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. There were stairs in that marathon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful, but I was like, wait, what we're running downstairs right now. Okay. I mean, it's just the things that we went through a battlefield. It was hilly as all get out. Like, but you, the history that you got to see that I would have never done if I yeah. wasn't trying to run a marathon in that state, you know? So it's a cool journey and everyone should try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone do it. But no, it's, I was going through your state list and kind of matching up with mine to be like, okay, we've done. what races have we done? We've done a ton the same time. We've ran the same races multiple really? times. So oh my gosh, you ran New crazy. York in 2017. I also ran New York in 2017. Okay. Uh, I actually ran Berlin that same year. But okay. we did, so you did a back-to-back -back in Baltimore and then New Jersey and Atlantic City. Did you do those? I did Delaware and Atlantic City. Oh my gosh. And my pacer that was the pacer for Atlantic City was he had run Baltimore the day before. The day before. Yeah. So he, we were talking about the Baltimore race the whole time. And then I see yours and you said like the back-to-back. -back, and I was just like, wait a second. I was like, she didn't also do Delaware, did she? <laughs> that is insane. But yeah. So we did, I tried to write them all down. We did. Uh, Myrtle Beach was the exact same, uh, New Jersey and then New York. All three of those, we did the exact same days. Like we raced the same race. Yeah, we raced the same race. Which is just- Oh my gosh. Just That's absolutely insane. Nuts. But we've done a ton of them that are very similar. Like the Flying Pig was my first <clears throat> marathon I ever did. Um, and then I've done like Go St. Louis and Mississippi Blues. I just did this past year, but- That was another back-to-back -back one for me. That yeah. Mississippi Blues. What, what, what did you do? What was your other back-to-back? -back? I was trying to- uh, Alabama. Gulf Shores. Ah, that's right. That's right. We, um, that one was tough because, sorry, I'm inter interjecting. No. 
you say races and I'm, I'm put immediately into that race and I am picturing myself running that race. That one was hard because it was my first back to back. I didn't know what to expect with the second one. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just start here and I'll, I'll see. I have no idea what to expect, you know? Um, and then we were maybe halfway through and somebody was, somebody said something to the effect of you're like the third girl. And I'm like, don't, don't tell me that I am supposed to be running this one. Like, so like as calm as I can, cause I have another one tomorrow. And now you're telling me I'm the third girl in this race. So that was, that was a struggle because like my competitive juices from that side wanted to go, but I knew I needed to not because I had a race the next day that I've never done this before. But yeah, that, that was a hilly one. Yeah. <laughs> and it Mi- rained. Mississippi was not easy. No, no. It, I, I, I was very surprised. And I have, I have bad things about Mississippi, but we, cause we drove there. 2017 maybe and it got canceled we got all the way down there there was like a a snowstorm and stuff all the way down the east coast and we were worried about ice and when we pulled into jackson you know we're up here i don't drive well with it because i'm from florida but my wife has lived up north her whole life so she was fine driving but but basically jackson was a sheet of ice the entire city and so we got into the hotel and they said hey we're still planning the race but we'll, we'll probably be delayed we'll probably just start it two hours later i'm like that kind of sucks because, you know, nutrition and that sort of thing when you're yeah. on a schedule. But I was like, you know what? We're already here. Let's make it a thing. We're and running. Yeah. I woke up at four o'clock that morning on my alarm and got an email that says race has been canceled. So we literally, packed, we packed, <gasps> we packed up and drove all the way back to Ohio after driving that, down to Jackson. That is a disappointment right there. Yeah. And then I did it last year. So, and last year it was on, um, <clears throat> February 29th. So it was just like, oh, cool. It's a leap year race. Maybe they'll do something fun. They did nothing fun. The aid stations <laughs> were garbage. It was way too hot. Like they didn't have enough water in aid stations and it was super hot and dry that day. And the same oh kind of thing God. is I had back-to-backs. I was heading to, um, I did Little Rock, Arkansas the next day. Okay. okay. But I was just like, I convinced a guy, uh, I met him, met him at a race in Texas he was a listener of my old podcast. He said he was running the same race I did. We got together and we just kept in contact. And I was like, Hey, we're doing these back. I'm doing these back to back races. You want to do it too? Or no, he was doing, he was doing Jackson. And I said, Hey, there's a race the next day. Join me for another one. Like, how about you do the other one too? And he's like, of course people we're just stupid. I said, we're a special kind of stupid. Cause he's just like, yeah, I'll do that. And cause he, he lives in Georgia. So he's like, it wasn't that far of a drive to do it. But so we were doing it and he's faster than I am. So it was one of those things where he had never done back to backs before. And I had to let reel him in like, Hey buddy, we're not, yeah. we're not busting it in this one because it's going to be tough. But even then, like his slowing down was still my pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had a great first race, like, uh, you know, with the conditions and stuff like that. And then the right. second race, it was just like, I just need to get through this. But little rock was an amazing yeah. race, an absolutely amazing race. So it kind of made up for the crap hole of Jackson, but, um, <laughs> city was nice. People were a nice race was not organized well, but, uh, I wanted to, to, kind of talk about those back-to-backs is obviously you did more sets of back-to-backs how do you what do you think about those like not from like a physical standpoint of actually getting them done because when i tell people about it they go you're a crazy person are you yeah yeah, it's it's like how yeah it's how do you how do you tell yourself through your head that this is something that i should try to do well i mean any marathon or <laughs> who tries a marathon? I mean, we're a different kind of crazy. We're a different kind of special. So I think, um, I mean, it goes back to 
motivation and seeing other people do kind of crazy things and thinking, Hey, I want to join that club. I want to be a part of that crowd. Not everyone feels that way. (laughs) And most people are sane and we're not. Yeah. Um, I have a friend. So, um, with this whole 50 States journey, once we started having kids, my husband wasn't free to just travel with me to all the races, like, like he was pre-kid. And so, um, he would stay back and then you know, so I had a friend who joined me on this journey for a short period of time, but they are some of my most fun memories. Um, she busted her Achilles. She's a CrossFitter, mm. busted her Achilles, and then has really not recovered from that to go back to the marathoning world. She, she was, she is a challenge junkie. So the idea of doing challenges was up her alley. Um, but I wouldn't say she loved running as much. And so, um, but for that time frame we did the goofy challenge together. That was my first attempt at a, at a back to back. And, um, it was amazing. And so I usually pick one of the races as like, just go have fun with it and then see what you can do with the other one. And so, um, Disney was definitely like that. The goofy is so awesome because you see so much like, because the, the half and full course are so very similar, that whole beginning mm -hmm. of the race, it's like, Mm -hmm. you can, you can kind of enjoy it on the second day, like yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. run the half, you know, pretty decently. And then just be like, we're going to have some fun in this full. Right. I'm going right. to high five every character I see. I'm going to take a picture in front of the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, going back to that, um, Baltimore Atlantic city race, I ran with my sister. It was her first marathon. And so I ran with her in that Baltimore one. And so I knew going into that race that that was just going to be a, Hey, let's, let's get carried through this thing and let's, let's run this. So I think I love, I mean, it's probably why I became a coach. I love watching other people push their body to a limit. I mean, my, my company name is stretch run coaching. Um, and it kind of came from this idea of pushing people through the stretch run through the point where you thought like, I can't do this anymore. Wait, no, you can actually like your, your mind is stronger than you think it is. And so getting people to push past any limit that they thought they had, because our bodies are amazing and our minds are amazing. So being able to run with an athlete that you've trained, and in this case, it was my sister, but being able to be there with her and support her through that course and do everything that I could to get, she hit the wall we discovered later at mile 10, mile 10, she's like, and this is her first marathon. And we didn't realize what was happening at the time. Cause who hits a wall at mile 10. Yeah. And, um, so it was a rough, like three or four mile stretch there that in my head, I'm like, what is happening? Like, Oh my gosh, why is she dying right now? I'm like, what is going on? And then we got through that point And then she was able like, we reeled it in. We shifted a little bit on our pacing and we changed some goals and like we talked through it, but she did great for the rest of the race, but it was a rough stretch very early on in that race that I was like, Whoa, this is going to be a hard one today, you know? Yeah. But then going to the next one, I mean, it's a crazy experience. I think that the runner's high you get and then like, okay, well let's go shower and hurry. Cause we got to drive four hours and we got to hit the expo at the next race to make sure that we can actually get the bib in time and like go to sleep and get some food. Cause we're doing this again tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and I felt bad for her. Cause I'm like, this is not normally how you recover from your first marathon. I'm so sorry. You need to hurry up. Like yeah. we've got to get out of here. Yeah. You know? I know you want to relax and rest, <laughs> but we, we have a time crunch because the casino is going to close the expo and we need to get there. Yes we need to go. (laughs) So, yeah. So again, like going the next day, I had no idea what to expect, but I knew my legs while tired from 
the hills of Baltimore and being on them for a long time, they weren't pushed to the max in the physical, like endurance, endurance piece for me. And so, you know, you start out and then the legs just wanted to move. And I actually did pretty well in that Atlantic city race. And it was pretty fun. Like I saw, I saw I, your, your time and stuff like that. And the first thing I had was how did you do that in 40 mile an hour winds? That was the windiest run I have ever been like, I remember being on the little boardwalk thing and like sand hitting you in the face. Yeah. Like it got this pretty is bad not fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I, I mean, my, I start, I, I don't remember exactly where my pace was, but I know I started at a certain pace and then I picked up paces. The race went on until I didn't. And then when I didn't, it was like, Oh my gosh, put your head down. The hat is blowing off like on the boardwalk trying to, and it was a long stretch back. Yeah. Like once you hit the boardwalk coming back to the finish, it was, it was like, like a 5k like, or something like that back on yeah. the boardwalk. And, and it was hard because I did. I felt like I had to put my head down, but I, I qualified for Boston in that race. And that was my carrot. I was looking at the time I knew I was into, for me, a pride thing and not to brag. It wasn't a bragging yeah. thing. It was a personal pride thing. Like to be able to say I qualified for Boston on the second of a back to back that's what kept me moving because those yeah. winds were tough. It was hard. And I remember my sister being there at the end. And that's what I said. I'm like, I'm qualified. I'm getting BQ on this day. And I'm like crying as I'm like heading to the finish. Cause I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Like, this is why I do this. Like not to qualify for Boston, but just right. the feeling of accomplishing something that you never thought possible and like being able to do that. So apply it to my coaching. I absolutely love, I mean, I've worked with probably over 70 athletes now in my time span as a coach and watching them be able to accomplish goals that they just never thought possible and seeing something in them that they didn't realize they had. And like being like, Hey, let's, let's look at you. Actually, I think you can run this marathon pace. Let's get you there by the pacing that I set up and the structure and the plan that we create. But you have, you have a lot in you that you didn't realize you had. And so I, I love that part of it, being able to, to help others see things that they didn't know they had. So it's, it's a great, I love it for myself and I love it for my athletes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so awesome. I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up with a bow. I mean, having people being that kind of hype person and making sure like kind of seeing things in people that they couldn't see themselves, kind yeah, of like you, yeah. need to, you unlock your potential and just really realize like you have a lot in there and you're kind of holding yourself back and having a, a coach right. such as you to kind of be like, no, yes. like let's do this. Let's make it happen. Well, and it goes back to that accountability, yep. however you need it. But in this form and that we're talking about with a coach athlete uh, relationship, knowing that you have a coach checking on you on a daily basis. Hey, did you do your run today? Hey, how'd it go? How'd you feel? Where are we at? You know, that's going to keep you accountable. Even if you don't have a partner that you can meet up with, knowing that you have a virtual coach that's going to be checking in on you and touching base with you is, is so helpful. So hundred yeah, percent. How can people get in touch? How can people get in touch with you <laughs> if they want uh, more information about your coaching or just really just to connect? Yeah. So I have a Instagram account. It's at stretch run coaching. And then um, I have a website, www.stretchruncoaching.com. So you can find out more on the coaching front on the website and just day to day. Here's what I'm doing on Instagram. So, yeah. and we'll include all those in the show notes. So everybody be able to, to awesome. click those. So you don't have to worry about tech or writing down while you're driving and all of that stuff, or, or even when you're yeah. running, you don't want to be, be thinking about this while you're running. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for being on the show today, Kelly. Oh, it was a really good conversation. Yeah, so it was great. I, I told you I could talk running all day long. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm I'm perfectly okay with doing that. Yeah, me too. All right. So to everyone else, uh, you can reach out to me on all of the socials at Flores. 
dot run leave a uh, subscribe leave a review for the podcast if you like conversations like this want more of them you know we don't do as many running ones as i'd like because i love talking about running but you know anything about purpose intentionality you know all of those things uh let me know in the comments shoot me a dm on the socials we'll uh, we'll get people on that you think have a cool story that's how kelly got on and he was like you need to get her on the show because she has cool things to say cool stories to share so that's what happened you can visit my website at www.flores.run. You can purchase hangry gear always at wearehangry.com. Help support those living with the issue of hunger in your community. Um, I think that's about everything here, but thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.